In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke of murder and then went on to speak of other violent acts like anger and contempt. Several chapters later, Jesus says, What makes a person unclean is not what goes into the mouth, but what comes out of the mouth. What's the significance of what Jesus is saying here? What comes out of the mouth has been stored in the heart. Words of anger and contempt wound both victim and perpetrator. We learn from Jesus how to be freed and healed from such behaviors. In the previous episode of this podcast, we began a series of sorts on the topic of inner healing. George walked us through the first half of chapter 7 in his book, Maturing Toward Wholeness in the Inner Life, and he taught on the things that result in us being wounded. But thankfully, God doesn't leave us in our pain. He gives us tools for healing. He doesn't just command us to do things that our wounding blocks us from doing. He leads us into lives of wholeness. And that is where we're going next. You're listening to The Writing Room, a podcast created by Quellen International to share the words and teachings of George Miley. This podcast is brought to you by Quellen International. At Quellen, we tell the story of Jesus through our growing collection of resources created by our team in Europe and America. As a matter of fact, did you know that this podcast, The Writing Room, pulls from that rich catalog by using George's legacy audio recordings and themes from his past and future books? If you find any of our resources beneficial, consider donating to our continued efforts by going to quellen.org give and making a donation to the ministry. That's Q-U-E-L-L-E-N dot org forward slash give. In our first session, we talked about things that result in us being wounded. So what we want to do in this session is talk about how we are healed. And we want to focus our thoughts on six areas that result in us being healed. Here is the first one. I am healed by coming present to God and remaining there. I hear my father say, I love you. I come to believe him. Healing goes deeper. If you've been with us in our previous sessions, we're now beginning to see how these different teachings kind of support one another, actually merge together with one another. One of our chapters was living in the presence of God. This is the life that we were created for, to live in God's presence. And it is in God's presence that we are healed. We are healed by being with him. Now, that might sound too simple. And of course, being with him, he leads us into other things that also help in our healing. But the core reality that heals us, the foundation upon which everything else is built, is we learn to live in God's presence. That requires practice. Jesus is the way in. How do we come into the presence of God through Jesus? 
How do we learn to stay there? By learning from Jesus. So the person who heals us is the Holy Spirit. So here is where we get this beautiful coming together of the persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who heals us. How do we come present to the Holy Spirit? How do we access the presence of the Holy Spirit? By becoming disciples of Jesus. Jesus leads us in that way. I'm healed by coming present to God and remaining there. And so living as Jesus' disciple, I grow in my capacity to live in the presence of God. Okay, the second thing that heals me, I am healed by listening for words of healing insight. My Father is always ready to speak. I hear loving, specific correction, and I obey. So living in God's presence results in us hearing God's voice. Now, what do we mean by hearing God's voice? Well, in most instances, we don't mean hearing an audible voice, although sometimes we can hear our Father speaking in ways that aren't audible and yet come to us with a degree of certainty that is perhaps greater than some of the audible voices we've ever heard. As we live as disciples of Jesus, we learn more and more that our Heavenly Father is always with us. Jesus is always with us. Jesus invites us into relationship with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. A relationship results in communication. And so we grow more and more comfortable with the thought that we can speak to God, he also can speak to us. So an important part of prayer is not just talking to God, that's important, he wants to hear what we want to say, but an important part of prayer is also listening for what God would say to us, and that involves being quiet. That's another thing that we're going to talk about in our series of studies, solitude. What are we doing in solitude? We're listening for the voice of our Father. And our Father speaks to us in two broad categories. One category is expressions of love. George, I love you. Katie, I love you. Sam, I love you. Alice, I love you. And when we hear our Father say that, and we hear him say it day after day, George, I love you. I want to be with you. You are my beloved child. I came for you. I sent my son for you. Come back to me. I'm waiting for you. I want to be with you. I want you to live with me in my house forever. I want you to enter into my rest. I want you to know my glory and my fullness and my beauty and the eternal life that I have for you. I want to share my life with you. We hear all these things from our Father, and we experience love. So if we have to reduce this to a foundational essence, the thing that has wounded us is a lack of love. And the only person that can meet that need is our Father. And so we hear him speaking these awesome words of love. Now, another thing that we hear from our Father that's absolutely crucial is we hear words of correction. 
Now, it's really important that we understand the nature of these words of correction because, again, it's not unusual at all for us to hear correction, but we've had correction in our lives, particularly in our childhood years, correction that was harsh, correction that was filled with anger, correction that was filled with contempt. And so the whole idea of correction can be something we want to avoid. We don't want any more of that. But when our Father corrects us, he does, he does it so gently and so compassionately and so tenderly and so softly, but at the same time so clearly. Why? Because we need to hear the words spoken to us and insight given to us in the areas where we do not have insight. And there are certain things in our lives that are so personal and so intimate, we can really only hear them from our Father. You know, if you see something in my life that I need to correct, if you just tell me, you know, George, you, you need to correct this, it might be hard for me to receive that. But if I hear it from my Father in the context of the awesome love that he has for me, I am far more likely to be able to receive it. So listen for these two categories of words, words of awesome love, words of beautiful correction. The third way we're healed, I am healed by bringing my sins to Jesus on the cross. Guilt and habitual sin block healing and wound anew. The cross has broken sin's power. And so when the Son of God died on the cross, there he was, rejected, beaten, mocked, treated with contempt, nailed to a cross, bleeding to death, forsaken by his Father. That was the most powerful act of spiritual warfare ever carried out on earth. Because when the Son of God died on the cross, the power of darkness and sin was broken. It was broken. And so what do I do with my sin? Not only the sinful acts that I commit, but the deeply ingrained sin in me that comes back repeatedly. What do I do with it? I bring it to Jesus on the cross in prayer. I come to him. Lord Jesus, here I am. I'm George, and I want to bring to you my sin. Lord, I said this one thing. Lord, I did this one thing. Lord, I keep doing this one thing. Lord, I keep thinking these uh, impure thoughts. I don't want these things, Lord, but I am broken and needy. Lord, I bring these things to you on the cross. I lift them up to you, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, in your mercy, in your love, in your grace, please take my sin. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Renew me, Lord. So I bring my sin to Jesus on the cross. It heals me. Number four, I'm healed by bringing my past wounding to Jesus on the cross. You see, I can bring my wounds to him as well. I bring him the painful memories. I ask him to step into them with me and heal them. So I've already told you in an earlier session about Hannah and I going back to the place where she lived 
as a Jewish child, little Jewish child, little Jewish girl, during the Nazi times in Germany, and praying in every place in her hometown of Gmund that held painful memories to her. And as we prayed, Hannah just brought those memories to Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, I remember uh, the neighbor shouting obscenities at my father. Oh, Lord Jesus, come into this memory and heal me, I pray. Lord, I remember being treated with contempt in the schoolyard. Oh, Lord Jesus, come into this memory. Oh, Lord Jesus, I remember not being able to go into the public swimming pool because we were Jews. Oh, Lord, that was so painful. Please come, Lord, and heal that memory. And so we can invite Jesus in to our past wounding with his healing, beautiful, renewing presence. Number five, I am healed by forgiving those who have wronged me. I do not deny or minimize what is true, but I leave payback, judgment to God. And number six, I am healed by living daily as Jesus' apprentice. Jesus teaches me how to avoid harmful behaviors and follow ways that lead to wholeness. The life that Jesus teaches us as his disciple is a life of wholeness. It's a life of beauty. And we grow in wisdom, not our own wisdom, but his wisdom imparted to us by the Holy Spirit. And we grow in the capacity to deal with everything that life throws at us in a redemptive, productive way. That happens in discipleship. This is another way that we miss Jesus. So let me say this. Jesus is the most skilled therapist in all of history. Have you ever thought about Jesus as a therapist? You see, so often we relegate Jesus to the realm of religion. He's actually for all of life, including our wounds, including our dysfunctions, including our needs. And so if you go into a bookshop, there are often rows and rows of self-help books and people, including Christians, are reading all these books. And yet years and sometimes decades later, still living with the wounds. Come to Jesus. Turn to him. We let him be our therapist. We bring our pain to him, and we let him teach us how to live. He teaches us how we are made. He teaches us what went wrong, and he teaches us how it can be made right. As I mature in the life of God, I come to see that I have been wounded far more by my own wrong responses than by the actions of others. Isn't that sad? Here is this person. They did something to hurt me, and I'm really bitter, and I'm going to live in the victim mode. You see, all that just further wounds me. I am more wounded by my own sinful responses. So if someone does something that violates me, that hurts me, I have the option that I learned from Jesus. I come to him and I say, Lord, I have been wronged now. I am going to turn that person over to you, and I'm going to ask you to handle retaliation. I'm going to ask you to handle payback. 
and I'm going to release them into your hands and I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to love them, but I'm not going to deny the wrong that they did, but I'm leaving payback for all that to you. And that frees me. I'm not a victim. I'm not obsessing about that person. I have been taught by Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit to respond to that experience in a way that is redemptive and healing and whole. I have no control over the action of others. They are not my responsibility. My well-being cannot depend on what is not my responsibility. So that's worth remaining with just for a minute. You see, if I see myself as your victim, you have done something against me, and I am a victim, and I really want to get back at you for that. I am not responsible for your choices. And there's a whole world out there, seven billion people. I'm not responsible for any of their choices. Any one of them can choose at any time to do something to violate me. I, I'm not in control of that. What I am in control of is my own responses. I'm in control of my choices. And I have the option to choose to let Jesus teach me how to live. And I'm going to make that choice. So I'm going to follow Jesus' way. That's my choice. And as I follow Jesus' way, he teaches me how to be free from the wrong choices that other people make. We are not healed by analytical thinking, even analyzing the Bible. Living in our heads is not enough. We are healed in the presence. So brothers and sisters, particularly those of you that love Bible study, Bible study is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's an awesome thing. We need to do more of it. May there be a whole new generation of awesome, spirit-filled Bible teachers. But be careful in studying the Bible. We must be careful as we study the Bible that we're not living in our heads and we're not spending all of our time analyzing the Bible and asking all kinds of questions that in the end don't impact our own lives. The most important thing about the Bible is to learn about God, to learn God's ways, and then do what? Obey them. Set them in practice. Follow their ways. So Bible study alone can result in folks spending many, many years and never growing, never being healed. We're not healed by living in our heads. We are healed in the presence. We are not healed by counseling, though godly counselors can be a great help. So hear me right. Counselors can be a huge help. May God raise up more godly, insightful counselors. But counseling alone is not enough. We are healed in the presence. So may God raise up Christian counselors that see themselves more and more not just as counselors and dispensing all kind of things that they get from all kind of sources, but spiritual directors. The real healers are those who know how to bring people to the point where they can live 
in God's presence. Jesus announced the gospel of the kingdom. He taught the gospel. He taught the kingdom's principles. And he revealed the kingdom's presence by healing. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is here. He is the healer. His ways are the ways of wholeness. While sitting with today's teaching and thinking through the best way to end this episode, I thought it would be valuable to spend these final few minutes together practicing God's presence. If you're able, find a quiet space and calm your mind. In a moment, I'll walk us through a few questions and give space for prayer and meditation. Then, to end, I'll read a prayer that George wrote for us. As you've engaged these last two teachings on inner healing, what areas in your life have you identified as barriers or hurdles in your growth? If you can, take a moment to write down or name these blocks and bring them before God. In chapter 7, tweet 21 of George's book, Maturing Toward Wholeness in the Inner Life, he writes, I am healed by coming present to God and remaining there. I hear my Father say, I love you. I come to believe him. Healing goes deeper. Pause now to sit in God's presence. Let his I love you begin to heal and take you deeper. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gracious invitation for me to come into your presence. I am aware right now that my need for you is great. Lord Jesus, there is wounding within me, some of which I understand and some of which I don't. Holy Spirit, as I wait in your presence, I ask for your comfort, your reassurance that I am loved. Please give me insight as to how I can invite you into my inner life, into the places of hurt, that I might experience the healing and deliverance Jesus came to give. 
Father, I trust you. Lord Jesus, I wait upon you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you for listening to The Writing Room by Quellen International. This episode was scripted by George Miley and me, Micah Daly. Production, editing, and original music by Micah Daly. The teaching excerpt used in this episode was recorded by George Miley in 2016.